want to talk about normal and abnormal wisdom, biblically normal and abnormal wisdom. Um, first verse I'm going to have here in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, you know that's repeated again in 16.25 of Proverbs. It's quoted exactly the same. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That is what we call a catch-22 problem. If you seem right and the things you do seem right, how are you ever going to get out of that loop? You're looped. It's a loop. Everything you do seems right. You've heard it said that a man or a woman, either one, a person will can justify anything. They can justify murder. They can just well. How do they do that? Because what you do seems right in your own eyes in the general aspect. So you loop that, and so how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that? God's got to come and help you, right? The Bible will contradict what seems right in your eyes. The Bible's there to contradict, to take you out of the loop of self righteousness. That you're okay. Everything's fine. We'll go to the Bible. When you read the Bible, that's why it's so important, and I've pushed all these years, read the Bible through every year. Read the Bible through every year. Somebody came to me tonight and said they'd read the Bible through this year twice. They were just, and I said, how do you feel? And they said, we feel good. Feel good. Oh, you will feel good. You will feel good. We've had people read the Bible through a gospel five times in one year. Five times in one year. It's a lot of reading. And the next year did it five times. The next year maybe it was six times. I don't know. It was a lot. And you could tell, you could tell they read the Bible. You could tell it. You could tell it by the way they talked, by the way they they just handled themselves, that there was something holy about them. Are you, are you with me? Do, do you believe it? It's true. Where God's quick and powerful, alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, the Bible. So whatever happens to Christians, stay in the book. Second thing I want to show you, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Then i got one more verse I want to go to, normal and abnormal wisdom. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And it says in, in 1 Corinthians 3.19, um, well, that, well, that's it right there. Okay. So, that whole that whole passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is tremendous about wisdom of this world and wisdom of God, how they conflict together. There are many barriers to a person becoming born again. Before a person can get saved from their sins, they need to know who Jesus Christ is and what he did for them. That he died for them, shed his blood, and was resurrected the third day. They also must repent. It's just all over the book. Repent and belief are really the same thing. It can be believe in one place and repent in another, but it means believe and repent. They're synonymous with each other. It's not a works-based. It's not works-based anymore. Believe's works-based. Repentance is a change of attitude. It's just simply, uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, being sorry for your sin worketh repentance unto salvation. And so it's a, it's a spirit of of, of denouncement of your wickedness. It's a spirit, it's a spirit of con condemnation, or if I may say, recognition of your sin. You're not going to repent if you don't feel you're a sinner. If you don't think your sin's too bad, 
Why would you come to God with it? But you got it. The Holy Spirit, this is where the Holy Spirit works. He causes us to see ourselves in some degree as God sees us. Now, that's way, way worse than you see yourself. Think about it. He sees us in all our ugliness. And yet he loves us. Why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. Wow. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but it's so there's a lot of barriers to being saved. You have to be willing to denounce your, really, in, in the big picture, you have to be willing to denounce your entire wisdom system. You have, I'm going to call what you have naturally, I mean, born in this world, I'm going to call it normal wisdom, okay? Your normal wisdom. Ultimately, as a Christian, you must be willing to denounce, repudiate, reject your normal or the world's normal wisdom. A person, let's say 35 years old, receives Christ or Savior. My mom and dad were 33 years old when they got saved. How many people here tonight got saved after 30 years old? Raise your hand. Quite a, quite a number, quite a number. You, you had a lot to turn around from. And you got to be willing to... Uh, in fact, you understood another, a whole other world of wisdom, the world's wisdom, which absolutely contradicts and is diametrically opposed to God's wisdom. They don't marry. They don't marry together. They don't blend. And so, so let me give tonight some tenets to the normal wisdom, and then we'll talk about some tenets of abnormal wisdom. So some tenets, the tenets of normal wisdom. Number one, first of all, this world's wisdom seems to be normal. It's what, it's what we grew up with. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So what are they doing? Abnormal. The foolishness. Foolishness, abnormal. They're abnormal to him. They're not, they're not right. Uh, neither can he know them. He can't know them because they're spiritually discerned. Until they come to Jesus, repent of their sin, sins, and, and, and with Christ, they, can't, they don't even have the open door to understand all that. But once you got saved, you began to see that. Hey, my way is not God's way. I, I, I'm going to have to change. When I got right with God, I had to start, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just started saying, I want you to change this, I want you to change that, I want you to change that. Once you think this differently on this area, once you think differently on this area, and I'm like, wow, I'm going to be a completely new person. That's what being born again is. It's, in the normal wisdom, it is, can I say this and not insult you? It's normal to lie. It's natural to lie. Every fisherman understands what I'm talking about. And golfer. What'd you hit? Was that a stroke you did there? Oh, my counter is not working good. That's a mulligan. So it's natural to lie. You got you got a little uh, wheelbarrow with you tonight. How's he doing? He's not going to get whipped, but when he hears every time he hears Bill, I tell him he's not going to get whipped. Pretty soon he's going to like not to hate to see me. You know what I mean? Association. Well, I went to church and got spanked again. But little wheel, I, has he lied yet? 
Oh, has he? Has he? Heather, who does he take after? She's a smart woman. Takes after Chris. Sin comes down through the man. Jesus was born of a woman. He was sinless. Perfect. Why? The old man, the old demon, the old Adamic demonic nature comes through to man. It was by Adam sin came into the world. Even though Eve helped him along, pushed him down the road, encouraged him to do it, Adam was the man. He was the one responsible. He was the head of everything, and he's got to take the heat. You want to be the big boy? You got to take the heat. The buck stops here. It's normal to cheat. It's normal to slander others. Oh, that comes real easy. It's normal to get bitter and hateful when somebody wrongs you and want to get revenge. That is just as natural as melted butter going on toast. It's normal to lust. It's normal to doubt God's existence and God's Word. It's normal to uh, make God in your own image. Because if every man's right in his own eyes, it would make sense that God would be like me. Um, it, it's normal to justify yourself when you do something wrong. That's why I said you're just man can justify anything. You'll justify stealing, cheating, lying. If it's something, boy, it was for a good cause. Uh, it's normal to cheat the government. That's why the Bible says to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, because he knows it's not your nature to give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Uh, it's normal to fudge, exaggerate, white lies, which are really all, there's no white lie, no half, there's only no half truth, there's a whole lie. It's normal to covet other stuff. It's normal to think Christianity is crazy. It's normal to get angry. It's normal to be hateful. Our natural wisdom does not have to be taught the things I've mentioned and so many more things I did not mention. Right? Are you with me on that? You don't have to be taught all that. It, you say, well, well, I've never, I've never done maybe one or two of these. Okay, but you've done the other 20. Okay. People have propensities, iniquities. In, in Nehemiah 9.2, they, they confess the iniquities of their fathers. Okay, what that simply meant was what I confessed to you on Sunday night, the iniquity of my dad's side, of the iniquity of my mother's side. I did not confess the iniquity of my wife's family. You notice that. I may look stupid, but I'm not. Let her confess the iniquity of her own family, right? So... But we have, a, what I mean, propensities or iniquities in certain areas of evil. Um, we had it. And so when my dad got saved at 33 years old, brother, there was some transformation going on. Woo! He came out of a family of eight children, four girls, four boys, and uh, alcoholic uh, daddy and a, and a phenomenal mama, really. But she wasn't saved. She didn't get saved at 60 years old. Her dad, her dad didn't get saved at 60. And uh, my dad was the first boy, first child of the eight to get to, eight, of those eight to get saved. Think of what he had to go against. He had nothing encouraging him in the direction. He did not ever go to church of any kind. 
He watched a movie, which was a silent movie about Jesus, and I can't remember, was it Cecil B. DeMille did that? I can't remember who did that, but somebody did a silent movie about Calvary, and he went to it, and he didn't know why they crucified that guy. Why'd they put that guy on the cross, he said. I couldn't figure it out. And so he didn't hear about Jesus. He went to the Marine Corps, World War II, so I've been to Okinawa, didn't get a scratch, got home, dumped off in San Diego, hitchhiked from San Diego to Elkhart, Indiana. And still, he was only 24, I believe, when he got back in Indiana, and he didn't get saved for another nine years. He had a lot of normal wisdom to overthrow for him to get saved. But he got saved. Okay, second thing, what's normal wisdom? Wisdom comes from our first father. James 3.15, the wisdom, this, this wisdom, this normal wisdom, descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual. Now, sensual means feely. I got a whole sermon on this. I don't want to preach it. But we are living among a group of feely, touchy, little, PC, crazy people. Sensual. They're sensual. The word next word is devilish, and the Greek is demonic. In 844 of John, it says, You're of your father the devil. Well, thank you for the compliment. You're of your father the devil, the less of your father uh, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and a father of it. So lions as natural as walking and as natural as breathing. Don't be surprised you have a child. They lie, cheat, steal, defend themselves, abuse their brothers. I was a baby. Abuse their brothers, they can get away with it. So uh, normal wisdom comes from your first father. Secondly, normal wisdom despises abnormal wisdom. I realize I'm calling abnormal wisdom God's wisdom. God's wisdom is not normal for this world. It's abnormal. So I got a few things I want to say about that. Natural wisdom despises abnormal wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, secondly, natural wisdom denies abnormal wisdom. Proverbs 3, 19 says the Lord, by wisdom, hath founded the earth. By understanding, hath established the heavens. The Bible says over and over again that, by, that God created the heavens and the earth. It is Evolution is a, is, a, is a affront to the wisdom of God and the Word of God. He created us. I have squirrels at my house, phenomenal creatures, unbelievable creatures. They're, they're, they're independent robots. Self-propagate, self-feed, self-heal, and have been around since Adam and Eve. I think God did a pretty good job of creating that, don't you think? And every other animal out there is the same way. Unbelievable. I have a micro when my wife was telling me, we've trained these squirrels to eat out of our hand. They crawl on us. There's fox squirrels, big squirrels. And you've heard of a microfiber cloth, microfiber. How many more of a microfiber? Everybody under 30. Uh, microfiber cloth. So I got this beautiful microfiber cloth was in my golf cart. And today she said that one female squirrel is getting ready to have her babies. So she came in there. She grabbed that microfiber cloth. She liked that. 
She stuffed that thing, rolled that thing, rolled that thing, stuck it all in her mouth and hauled it way down the way, two, three hundred feet, went up a tree and put it in her nest. Now that baby's got microfiber claws. Who taught her to do that? Yeah, there's a creation. So natural wisdom denies abnormal wisdom. Abnormal wisdom says God created everything. Natural wisdom says it evolved. Thirdly, natural wisdom dismisses abnormal wisdom. Proverbs 15, 12 says, A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. So he despises abnormal wisdom, he denies abnormal wisdom, and he dismisses abnormal wisdom. Often people will say to me, I visited your church, and they always call it my church, and I try to correct them saying it's not my church, it's Christ's church, he builds a church. I'm a servant of all, really, hopefully. And uh, no, I'm not coming over and mowing your lawn. Well, I, I'll give it a shot. <clears throat> Herbicide. <clears throat> I, visited, I visited your church, and I just didn't feel comfortable. You ever had that preacher? I came to the church. I just didn't feel comfortable. You go over and visit them later on. I just, I just didn't feel comfortable. Uh, I look at him and said, we've been successful. You tried to make us feel uncomfortable. I said, no, but if, if we're right with God, you're going to feel uncomfortable. The Bible's going to make you feel uncomfortable. The songs of the faith are going to make you feel uncomfortable. The preaching of the Word of God is going to make you feel uncomfortable. And man, if the preaching don't make you feel uncomfortable, the preacher's not doing what he's supposed to do. We're not here to make people mad, but I can tell you one thing. We're contradicting your wisdom with abnormal wisdom. Yeah. Okay, let me switch to my next one here. So, definition of abnormal wisdom. Number one, source of it is from God. Proverbs 2.6, the Lord giveth wisdom. Proverbs 2.7 says, he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. And so, it's, it's God that gives it to you. I, I need him. You know that song, I need you every hour? Boy, you need God every direction. You get saved, you need him every way. We need him. We're in total need of God every day, every way. Possible. Second thing is, it can be obtained by asking. Uh, James 1 5, if any man lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. And he giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, it shall be given him. Now, I've been doing that since I've been 18 years old. <clears throat> I believe God has given me wisdom in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm talking about practical stuff. Sometimes I won't know how to fix something. Something breaks, and I don't know how to fix it. And I'll go to God, and I'll say, God, I don't know how to fix that. Would you let me know how to fix that? A couple days later, I get the idea, maybe I should do this. Boom, I was able to fix it. Who are you going to give credit to? It's God. He gave me the wisdom to do it. I do stuff sometimes, and I step back and go, how in the world did I ever do that? God help me, amen? I took a Holly carburetor apart, put it, I took it apart and put it back together, and it ran. It was a miracle. <clears throat> I'm not mechanical. Thirdly, uh, he will, will give you true happiness. Uh, Proverbs 13, 13, 13 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and getteth understanding. People are seeking happiness in all the wrong places. They're trying to get happiness in all the wrong places. They're trying to think they can drink happiness, smoke happiness. Eat happiness. You can't. You get it from God. You want to be happy, go to God, man. Get his wisdom. Digest it. 
It'll help you every way, every way possible to help you. Even in, even in sorrow, you'll have joy. But the world, even in joy, has sorrow. Amen? Even in their mirth, even in their joy, they're sorrowful. But even in our sorrow, we have joy. That's a portable quote. Write that down. <laughs> Chris writes down stuff I say, but it's always bad stuff. More valuable than extreme wealth of this world. Let me show you in Proverbs 8, 11, it says, For wisdom is better than rubies. Now, I'd rather have a ruby than a diamond if you're thinking about getting me one. But please don't. You notice I don't wear any jewelry of any kind. And so I, but if I was going to wear jewelry, a ruby would be it. A pigeon blood ruby. They sell more than diamonds. They're worth more than diamonds. Maybe not the yellow diamond, but they're blue diamond for sure. But they're expensive. The rubies are expensive. We've had some old people in this church. I've gone over to their house. and We've had a lot of old people in this church. But three quarters of them are in heaven. And so I went over to their house. A lot of them are hundreds and hundreds of homes. And we've gone to through the years. And I would see... Uh, and they'd be poor, you know. They'd be poor, pretty poor folks. I mean, poor but happy. Poor but happy. They didn't have much, weren't going to have much, coming to the end of their life, you know. And I'd look at that girl's, you know, the ring on, on Mama's finger, and I'd be like, that looks like pigeon blood ruby to me. And I'd say, you know, you're probably... Where'd you get that? And she can't remember, you know. She got it from an aunt or a great aunt or a great grandma. I said... That, that, that ring right there probably is worth 25000 bucks. You know, that ring, you know, because if that's a real ruby, real pigeon blood ruby, as big as that is, as clear as that is, that may be worth $50,000. Man, you ought not to be wearing that around, right? You should sell that to me for 25 bucks. I'm kidding. <laughs> so... Proverbs 16, 16, how much better it is to get wisdom than gold. I had to make a choice early in life. Do I want a pile of gold at the end of my life? Or do I want a pile of wisdom? I know if I, when I, not if I die. Well, you know, the rapture could happen. If, if, if I'm part of the people who have to die. I could end up with a pile of gold, but then I can't take it with me. But if I end up with a pile of wisdom, I can take that with me. God's going God's to bring, bring us on. I think we're just growing. This is a womb experience. You remember that sermon, womb experience, where I said this nine months, the baby's in the womb, and it's, it's not what it will be. And, brother, we're not what we will be. And you are not what you will, what you're going to be as a born-again believer. Uh, and you're so far away from what you will be, it's like a baby and an adult. They're so far different than a baby and an adult in the womb. So, anyways, by the grace of God, it's more valuable than gold and silver, more valuable than rubies. Put some value on it. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Give me wisdom. I must have wisdom or I die. So normal and abnormal wisdom, does this explain why the Bible and the church seem strange and weird 
to normal wisdom. So like going back to the visitor that comes in here and says that they were uncomfortable. If you're full of normal wisdom, and you come into an old fundamental independent Baptist church that's full of wisdom, it's going to seem strange to you. That's a good sign. The people probably will also be dressed a little weird to you. They don't have the nose rings, and they don't have the tongue posts, and they don't have the jeans are all ripped up. I saw a girl today. Well, my, my mom would throw them jeans away long before she'd let us go out in public with holes in our jeans. You know, so well, I think it explains it. Abnormal wisdom is out of this world. It's alien at first. So get abnormal. <laughs> get abnormal, folks. And then one last little picture for you. Some of the finest people on the face of the earth. Fourteen people makes up the staff of Gospel Baptist Christian School. Fine folks. Love Jesus. I feel like a thorn among the roses. And we appreciate you praying for those girls and the three guys at the top there. And uh, that's a that's a trickle down. And so uh, this, those are the girls that are making it happen for Gospel Baptist Christian School. And so we appreciate them so much. Father, thank you for tonight for your Holy Spirit, thank you for the wisdom which is from above, not earthy, not sensual. Oh, may we absorb it. May you allow us to have it. And thank you for this new year. May this new year, coming this new year, a fresh, a fresh clean, untainted 365 days. May, Lord God, we use them for your glory. And most of all, may we seek wisdom in them. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.